The Spanish Announce Table. Tom, WrestleMania has come and gone. Uh, I felt like I watched it right there with you. Fun fact you did, Tim. Glad you stated said that, because you actually came over, I provided you pizza and refreshments, and you sat five feet away from me, and you enjoyed 11 hours, it felt like, of WWE Pro Wrestling Entertainment. It was a long time. I know, uh, yeah, it was It was there a long time. I, pro- I probably fell asleep four times. You know, there's a, there's a fun saying, and it's feeling more true... Uh, with every year that passes, but the older I get, the earlier it gets late. And with WrestleMania, I tell you what, it felt like I wasn't looking forward to, honest to God, about the point in Kurt Angle's match. When Kurt Angle came out, I I switched uh, like a little uh, gear in my head where I went from I don't care anymore. I just want to get this over. Like now it's turned into an exercise and I just want to get to the finish line. And I no longer cared about the entertainment. I just was like, well, I just don't want to miss anything. Right. I've already invested X amount of time into this. So let's just get to the finish line. And that's sad. Right. When WrestleMania, your, your, you know, premier event of the year you have your hardcore fans, which we are, as far as WWE specifically goes, thinking to themselves, this is too much. And another point, and we'll get into our WrestleMania thoughts here in a little bit, but one thing I did want to point out is for a product that's said to be geared towards children, what children are staying up, at least on the East Coast, till 1230 in the morning? Mm-hmm. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a long time. I did feel the same thing. I know, like, right when they did the Samoa Joe Ray Mysterio squash match, I was like, great. I was like, awesome. Do they have two more of those coming? Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, would it be a first? Would they catch everybody looking off guard if they did two squash matches in a row? Because I was feeling mm-hmm. the same thing. I was like, good. Even if I was at home, like, by myself, yeah. I might have been like, can I go to bed yet? Like, this is mm-hmm. getting bad. Yeah, like it's Sunday I, you, night. you know, like, uh, they've always done this thing where they push the limit and then they, you know, see how far they can get away with excess. Right. You OK right. over there? You're well, you're all types of messed up. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Uh, the smooth sounds. Right. No, of course. Yeah, of course. So. What I was saying, though, is, you know, WWE has, has been known to push the limits of how far they can get their viewer to stay on the train with them. Right. Remember a few WrestleMania or excuse me, Royal Rumbles when they had 40 men in the Royal Rumble. And when we kind of said, like, that's too many people. And then they went back to 30. Right. I feel and I'm hoping with the reaction that they got uh, that now next year we go to, I don't know, three and a half hours instead of five. So. I'm hoping that's going to be the case uh, next year going into the big event. But before that, in our WrestleMania thought, as Tim stated, uh, Tim came by and for his first time, Artego Pizza, mm-hmm. locally owned franchise here in Kansas City, and uh, had some good old pizza, had some good local refreshments from Boulevard, I believe, is who you brought mm-hmm. over, right? Mm-hmm. Boulevard yeah, beer. Yeah, it was some Boulevard. It was like a, a mixed pack. Yeah, so we had a good local uh, establishment. We're supporting our local businesses 
uh, for our WrestleMania party. It was just me and Tim. Emily joined us for the first match because her favorite pro wrestler, Seth Rollins. After that match was done, she went upstairs and she watched her movies. She did the Brock Lesnar. She's like, if this is if this isn't going on last, I'm out of here. This is um, right, you exactly. know what I mean. I'm, I'm upstairs. I'm taking a bath. I'm done. Yeah, one of my favorite comments of the night though was when she came down to see where they they were on the card, and we stated where they were on the Finn Balor match or something like that. And she goes, "Oh, well, I just finished a movie." And you stated, "Isn't that sad that <laughs> yeah. you can watch an entire movie and that's only a portion of what yeah, we were enjoying?" We were counting like we were just over halfway done by match numbers if you in, if you included Elias as a match. And then we realized mm-hmm. later we were forgetting still a match. Like, yeah. it's like, what is it going was pretty on? Incredible. She watched a match. She went upstairs. I'm presuming she took a shit, right? A probably long one, right? A real uh-huh. long, nasty the pizza one. that we had, yeah. Right? Real long and nasty. Um, hi, Emily. And then <laughs> she uh, then probably watched a movie. You know what I mean? And if it was a lifetime movie or something, you know, it was long and dull and boring, but. Uh, she finished it and then came down and we were like well uh, we're starting to take the turn now it's starting to <laughs> starting to get in for the long haul now we're digging in we'll be Pretty here all incredible. night incredible oh uh, you we need we need resources we need water <laughs> we need bread mm-hmm. yeah we need uh we need matches maybe, we need- yeah we need a cot something to take a little break mm-hmm. uh but yeah so uh, what else did you do other than come by and enjoy the greatest spectacle known to man, which is WrestleMania? Anything else? We took a whole bunch of stuff to the dump that had been sitting out beside the house like since we'd been redoing the flooring and everything, all the trash mm-hmm. from that. We finally mm-hmm. got that hooked up to the new truck, like got the trailer all aired up on the tires, hauled that to the dump, and then uh, now have it reloaded with a bunch of stuff from one garage. Um, and we'll be we cleaned out the other garage, did two garage cleanings, man. Started the spring cleaning out here on the ranch. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, Good for yeah. you. Yeah, I'm all like adult spring, manly. Spring cleaning, however, with uh, Missouri weather, because, you know, if you don't like it, give it five minutes and it'll change. Uh, we're expected to have snow uh, Thursday yeah, into the weekend. That's the worst thing that, like, my wife said that to me. Nebraska like, is getting a blizzard. Uh, why would you? Like, yeah, my wife said that to me, and I said, why would you say that to me? Why would you tell me that it's going to snow? You just ruined my whole night. Yeah, it's uh, horrible. It was like degrees. 90 degrees. Yeah, it, it was 82 as of the day of this recording on April 10th, 2019. And 24 hours from now, we are expected to have at least three inches of snow. I hate How it. awesome is the, that? The only redeeming quality I can think of is it's going to kill off a bunch of bugs that just started to come around. You know, it's the only or redeeming people. quality. Well, you know, them too. But, more, you, know, yeah. the, you know, the bugs, you know, if we if we yeah. got to crack a few eggs, Tom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> got to crawl before we can walk, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Get Sometimes. to the bugs first. Sometimes, hey, another yeah. thing though that I did before we get into some news because we got some news uh, for your ass in this episode. Another thing that I did that I want to highly recommend is since I've been on this wrestling kick, uh, a new series that premiered on Viceland. Uh, it's the channel Viceland. It's Vice is the company. Um, there's a new mini-series mini called The Dark Side of Wrestling, True Stories of Wrestling's Triumph and Tragedy. And they premiered, and it's free on YouTube, at least the first episode, of The Murder of Bruiser Brody. It's narrated by Mick Foley. It had Dutch Mantel. It had Tony Atlas. It had Abdullah the Butcher. It had Bruiser Brody's wife and uh, son. Very well done. I think it's about a 45-minute documentary like you know, episode. 
fantastic. I was about to start the second episode, but then we recorded. Second episode uh, deals with Randy Savage and uh, Miss Elizabeth, so looking forward to that. Um, but can't, at least for the first episode, spectacular. So if you're really still on this wrestling kick, I would definitely recommend seeking that. Again, the first episode is on YouTube. Uh, search Dark Side of the Ring. That's what it's called. Yeah, it sounds cool. I, I watched a little bit of the, um, you know, the you sent me like a clip of it. Um, mm-hmm. It looks cool. I, I'm really interested in seeing this. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take Tom's advice, try to get a hold of this somehow and watch this. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, so let's get into some news and let's break up the monotony of WWE because this is going to be a WWE heavy episode. But there's another company out mm. there, an emerging company. Uh, named All Elite Wrestling books out on if this is going to be a good promotion, if this is going to be the way of competing with the WWE as the WCW used to, or if this is going to go the way of TNA where it seems like a cool option and then it fizzles, right? WCW, they used to be on, what was that? TNT. TNT, Turner Broadcasting. Turner Broadcasting, yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So. Right, 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 right. This is breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Wait. Breaking news. Coming in. Hot off the wire. Hot off the wire. Sorry. Had to do it to you. So Warner <laughs> Media Group, a.k.a. Turner Sports, mm. and if you don't know what Turner Sports is, that's mm-hmm. TNT and TBS, will present All Elite Wrestling at their upfronts to advertisers next month. Now, Warner Media slash Turner upfronts are currently scheduled for May 15th, and this is how networks announce their content lineup for the fall season to advertisers. So, reading into this a little bit more, the details that have been reported, now these details that I'm about to state are more rumor than fact, which what I just reported is more fact than rumor, but the rumor is, right, we don't fact check, that is true. But the rumor is, is this is going to be a two-year deal. It's going to be uh, starting in October. And All Elite Wrestling has already um, trademarked Tuesday night. Uh, oh, man, I just missed it. I, I, I had it there, and then I went away from me. Tuesday night, tr- like mayhem or something like that. So they're looking to go on Tuesday nights, which in October coincides right. with SmackDown going to Friday nights right. on Big Fox. So that's an interesting move because we're conditioned as of right now as a wrestling fan to watch Monday Night Raw and then Tuesday Night SmackDown. Well, you take away Tuesday Night SmackDown and replace it with All Elite Wrestling. There's my Tuesday. I'm still watching wrestling. Now I have to condition myself to go on a Friday night and watch SmackDown. We'll see if I do that, speaking for myself. But that's a great, interesting move, I think, by All Elite Wrestling. What's your thoughts? I think exactly that. I think, man, here we go again. We've got Turner lined up. For another swing at it right they're like i can still knock them out right they're still laying in the wings here this will be interesting i'm really really excited to see how this plays out the tuesday night is a great move especially if that's a void in wrestling right because i mean you, mm-hmm. wednesday's there also as far as like television's concerned but nxt's got enough of a following that i think you'd want to avoid wednesday if you could you know Thursday well and wednesday's a little bit different because you don't necessarily have to watch it because it's on the network which means right. i can watch it you know when you do live television, which SmackDown and Raw are, it feels like more of a must-see because you don't know what will happen. Now, that's been debatable the last couple of years if that you know edginess on your edge of the seat kind of viewing has been there 
you know, as it used to be in the Monday Night Wars. But we'll see. Uh, but with Smack, or excuse me, with NXT, I've always felt like, well, I could just watch that when it's convenient. More with SmackDown and Raw, where True. it's like I have to because you never know who's going to yeah. debut, who's going to win X, Y, and Z. I do never watch NXT like live. Right. Doesn't yeah, because well, we're typically happen. recording because it's on a Wednesday night, so we're usually doing this. That's why. Yeah, I we're, this is the best podcast recorded on a Wednesday. Of course. Huh, right. So. Yeah, we'll see if uh, in October things start to really uh, ramp up because, as been reported, Fox is really – they've invested a billion dollars into SmackDown, so they're not just yeah. wanting that to just to be a placeholder. They've, so they've asked yeah. for mm-hmm. edgier content. You know, There's been rumors of Daniel Cormier, current UFC heavyweight champion, being a commentator. There's hints at Conor McGregor being involved. Yeah, Conor McGregor. With Fox giving a billion dollars, there's also been rumors that in the Superstar Shakeup, you might see a Ronda Rousey go to SmackDown, and then that's when they the... hinted at Strowman, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, and that's going into next week, and we'll get into our Raw and SmackDown thoughts uh, a little bit later as well. But uh, all Elite Wrestling, you know, now is the time to kind of cash in on all this buzz. Now, right now, April is WWE. Right, like they rule April because oh, yeah, of WrestleMania, right. NXT, all that stuff. So it was smart to kind of lay low and just let them have this month. But Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros, Jericho, Cody—you know—that's a lot of money. And it's interesting to see, like, okay, that's a lot of money put into it. Now let's return on investment, ROI in the business world, as it's called. Yeah, uh, and it's got to be palatable for. Network television, apparently. So how's mm-hmm. that going to work out, too? Like, that'll be interesting to see. Um, and another interesting point, because you brought up, you know, Turner's trying to get back into the game of pro wrestling, which is true. However, this isn't being footed by the Ted Turner correct? Yeah. of the world. This is uh, the Khan family, who owns the Jacksonville Jags in a English premier uh, soccer team. So it'll be interesting with the resources Turner has and history that Turner has plus the money. Cause if you know, uh, uh, the con family, uh, twice as rich as the McMahon family. Yeah. However, uh, however, it's many different enterprises. Whereas McMahon is kind of, you know what I mean? True. But now also McMahon is dipping his toes into the NFL or excuse me, into football. So the AAF just, folded how is he gonna right. how does he have confidence whatever. coming in saying the xfl is gonna last the full season so crazy and yeah i don't um i'm really interested to see where it goes and yes this last time turner was funding the company this time they're just right. the, they're just the distribution mm-hmm. you know the television but that's still a lot of financial backing and there's still Definitely. a lot of involvement involved with that they still have a lot of say in what mm-hmm. goes down right yeah so It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm I'm ready to see where this goes. I'm ready for that alternative. I really am. Yeah, I definitely am. I, you know, we've been talking for a while of how, you know, please someone else. You know, we're tired of the inconsistencies, the, the last second decision making. You know, just as Raw was after Mania, kind of felt like in the main event. Um, so hopefully, All Elite Wrestling can kind of cash in on what me and you as that as that hardcore fan but not necessarily into other organizations if they can grab us i think we are the key demographic for an all elite wrestling i think they have the uh, pro wrestling tees i have 15 shirts three of them are kenny omega i think they got all those guys and girls right like they got that fan mm-hmm. base i think who they need to go after more so than the general public 
are the viewers like me and you where we watch Raw, we watch SmackDown, we watch the pay-per-view, but being completely transparent, I don't think we've ever ordered a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I don't think we're necessarily keeping up with no. who the, uh, you know, never open no, weight champion is. it's got to be easy. Like if that. it's on TV yeah. or a thing that I can easily, like I've got a DVR on my PlayStation View, like if it's on something like that and it's easy mm-hmm. and I can follow along, I might. Yeah, and so with TNT and TBS, which is available on most all types of cable providers, yeah. whether it's basic, you know, the the traditional cable. I have Sling, which is that kind of alternative uh, internet streaming cable provider. Yep. Uh, Similar to me. I have yeah. TNT and TBS. You know, you have PlayStation View. I believe that's available yep. on PlayStation yep, View. Yep. So, th- you know, that's a big, easy, convenient for us. And I think, again, All Elite Wrestling, they need to go after us more so than the person who only watches WrestleMania because Brock Lesnar's big and bad. So right, Casino. Yeah, but what's uh? Do we got another news story you want to share? We do that? got another news story. Apparently, Ronda Rousey's broke her hand at WrestleMania, so now there was been some rumors that she was going to be taking some time off after Mania anyway from before. So I don't. Maybe this isn't a work. I mean, who knows right now? What do you think? Well. I I thought it was interesting that Becky Lynch made a comment about the story where she said, isn't it funny that the girl, uh, the baddest woman on the planet, uh, broke her hand on the face that she was said was too fragile to get through a match or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So with Becky Lynch to make a comment like that, it seems like if there's smoke, there's fire. Um, Everything that was reported peeking behind the curtain said that Ronda Rousey was going to be on Raw. Obviously, if you watched the episode, she was not. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of truth to it. I mean, you know, I think it's hard when you're used to throwing real punches and then your adrenaline's going and then you try to throw a fake punch and you can probably roll a wrist or in this case, break a hand because you're not, you're doing something not natural. You're trying to hurt someone, but not hurt someone, but make it look like it hurts someone. Right. And so that's going to be difficult to, to perform if you're not used to it. And so you can hurt yourself by doing those kind of actions. And it looks like in this case, Ronda Rousey broke that hand. So, yeah, but again, I like it. Like, we don't need Rousey coming back for a rematch. And we don't need, um, you know, like Becky Lynch can go on now and and take on other competitors. This is a perfect time for those times off that we've talked about that wrestlers can get. You don't have to have an off season. But there's no reason Ronda Rousey can't go away for a couple months now. Rest up. Mm -hmm. Get better. Mm-hmm. Think of a good storyline options. Come back with some ideas. You know, creative will be thinking also, and let's see. You know, what I mean, what we can do. Like, be it's 2019, the year of the storyline. So Indeed. let's. You know what I mean? Like, let's do this. Like, let her go. Like, she does not need to be on these shows yet. Like, she yeah, doesn't need to be there right. the next night, being like, "Oh well, I would have beat you." Like, great. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, no one's clamoring for the night after WrestleMania, the rematch that we already just saw. So yes. I agree with you. Um, Especially since you already gave us the match in many different ways beforehand. Right. <laughs> so it, like it'll it was... be interesting, though, to see how that reset happens for Ronda Rousey if she does take that extended period of time off. Because it kind of felt like, you know, starting two WrestleManias ago, it was hit the ground running, Ronda, 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 Ronda. We got towards the end where we said, hey, we don't really need Ronda all the time. So it. if she takes all this time out, is it out of sight, out of mind? Or is it, man, I really missed the Ronda Rousey match. And I we'll see. It. I got it. You... You, she goes away for a couple months. You also bring up uh, Baszler, right? And she starts going through fucks, and she's got her two lackeys, right? And then she gets up after a couple months up to Becky Lynch, right? 
to try mm-hmm. to take on, and then you bust out Ronda, and then you've got the four horse women. You do the four horse women thing. Definitely right in time for right in time for October Fox switch. Oh, you think October? I was gonna say SummerSlam. Well, there's that leading yeah. up to then. Yeah, you could do that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we yeah, shall October's see. October's a little but... far out. That's what six months out. So yeah, that's a little. Out. Yeah, but yeah, but well, who knows? She might get pregnant, you know, during this time off, and then she's out for nine months, you know, or a little bit longer. Uh, we shall see what happens because right. her her wanting to start a family has been known since her UFC days. That's one thing she's expressed. Uh, numerous times, especially since marrying Travis Brown, uh, that she wants to start a family. Obviously, starting a family from the female perspective isn't just a, oh, we started a family, now let's get back to work. It's a little bit longer uh, process. Kind of a lifelong commitment as it is. Well, not the. I'm talking about the process of getting birth, right? right? Like, you know, if a man starts a family, they can go back to work after the announcement of a pregnancy. A woman actually has to... uh, go through those trimester or trimesters. Yeah, actually uh, pregnate. If I right. So use the verb for that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if that happens during this time off, you know, uh, that would be an interesting wrinkle into the story that is Ronda Rousey. Um, but as of right now, yeah, like you stated, Ronda Rousey's hands broke from a WrestleMania match and also all elite wrestling as of reported today, it's going to be in the fall schedule for the Turner sports TBS TNT fall lineup this is interesting i can't wait to hear more all right so we're gonna go through the weekend right we're gonna hit a couple things before the break so strap in with us right mania was long this is gonna be long deal with it uh <laughs> we're gonna try to double their time now um we're gonna we're we've gonna had s- a, we've had podcast episodes that might, may have double their time it kicked off the weekend right friday night you have another NXT takeover. Now, this is the first one where we started going, hey, man, is the well running dry, right? Like, are they mm-hmm. running out of dudes? Mm-hmm. How many times can they knock it out the park before they stumble once or twice, right? Like, just natural. The law of averages, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Uh, I, for one, was pleasantly surprised. I thought the show was amazing. I thought we had – I still think the match of the weekend happened on NXT takeover. Um, which was? Which was uh, Riddle versus Dream. I just, you I thought, thought that was, was a match of the night. Yeah, I did. Match of the All weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Match of the weekend. I love, okay. yeah, I love that match. Yep, that was great. Um, and we're so we'll just go through it, right? NXT Takeover. Yeah. What, what, so what, what that was actually one thoughts? of my notes. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of that was one of my thoughts uh, from the the weekend, especially specifically to NXT, is if memory serves me correct, it's the first time that essentially babyface versus babyface, even though they kind of make Velveteen Dream kind of a tweener yeah. heel mm-hmm. slash babyface, but essentially he's a babyface, right? He's right. beloved by the NXT crowd. And it was the first time that, at least I can recall, that it was babyface versus babyface. And Matt Riddle, even though I'm 100% Matt Riddle, team Matt Riddle, push him to the moon, let's have him beat Seth Rollins next week. That's what I feel. Let's just do it, right? However... From the NXT crowd perspective, it was the first time I saw Matt Riddle had to adjust to getting some booze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just, oh, bro and bro and that's fun. It was, no, we like Velveteen Dream a little bit more. And so I yeah. found that aspect a little bit interesting. Well, they booked it well in that thing. And we'll, and we'll get into that match, I guess. Uh, let's just do it now. Um, they booked it well there and that it was believable, right? Like he was fucking dream up and dream just was like i'm just gonna never stay down right like until mm-hmm. i find him make a mistake mm-hmm. and then i just you know what i mean and he caught him make a couple mistakes but he couldn't capitalize enough and then finally 
got the final one. I was like, this was this was this one was done well. It worked out well. I, I like the story told. Uh, again, yeah, the the natural crowd. You could feel it move to dream. Like in the end, everybody was like, now fuck this mm-hmm. one dream to win, right? Right. But Matt Riddle, to his credit, didn't get lost. Didn't overreact and no, then go 100 heal right. he understood like okay maybe i'm not getting the the most cheers here but i'm still going to say true to what this character is and i felt like he didn't get lost because you know typically if people go out expecting cheers and get booed they pull a bret hart and then throw a yeah. hissy fit and then get lost in what well, they're supposed to do real stayed calm i thought yeah and performed really well and they both looked great like he looked like the badass who should have won like he was athletically superior he you know what i mean could beat the shit out mm-hmm. of the guy but um dream still even in the win like the haha win still looked great because he looked smart like he was laying away like waiting for the right mo- you know what i mean like trying to capitalize on the on the quick moments mm-hmm. and the things and finally caught one uh it was just great it was real fun Definitely. I thought, though, even the Riddle versus Dream, I thought was spectacular. Really good. I think we were texting throughout the the show. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we both said, like, that was really good. I felt like the third fall in the two out of three falls match between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, that specifically was the moment of the weekend for me. Now, Kofi Kingston, and we'll get into, again, WrestleMania a little bit later, but the Kofi Kingston win I thought was great. The Becky Lynch was great. All of that stuff was was done well. But I thought the finish to the Gargano Cole was perfect because it got me twice. Two false finishes and the Undisputed Era getting getting out there, uh, hitting their finisher on Gargano, and then Gargano laying waste to the Undisputed Era on the outside to just roll in and get the super kick. I thought was another like well he. You know, because he's known for his feud with Tommaso Ciampa for going overboard, right? Where he had Tommaso Ciampa beat, but then he did it one step too much, and then that's what cost him the match. And I thought, well, okay, here we go, right? He went one step too far. He tried to take out the Undisputed undisputed era to only walk into a super kick from adam cole and then adam cole hit his finisher with that knee to the back of the head there were so many false finish finishes in that last fall that i was like son of a bitch and then here we go johnny gargano your new nxt champ which was perfect i thought it was perfectly done yeah um that definitely was a very cool moment i will agree with you yeah um that was a good that was a good spot i like gargano i mean the champ it fits He's been in all the those stories. The only thing I felt you know? was weird, and we'll see how when he comes back from injury, what happens. But you know, before he was injured, Johnny Gargano turned on Tommaso Ciampa when they were like heels together, and then it was like, "Haha, Johnny Gargano outsmarted Tommaso Ciampa," which okay, cool. And then Tommaso Ciampa's hurt, you know, and can't perform. But then. I don't know, to break kayfabe and Tommaso Ciampa just to walk out and then they all share a hug, I felt was like a good moment for the crowd that was there to like, we get it right, this is a spectacle. But for a TV audience, I didn't want to see it. I don't want to see that. Right, I don't either. Yeah, you're right. I want to think that Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are still still like at each other's throats. Right. So I felt like that was a little bit weird. That's the shit for your YouTube, right? And I can choose to, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I can choose to accept this as a story or I can just go bypass it. But it was part of the event, so I have to view it. And I just felt like that was a moment for the crowd and not for us. Yep. War Raiders beat Blackishay in what well, seemingly Blackishay was on the fucking highway to, to stardom and then they lost every match, but 
Uh, well, but it also seemed like their farewell to the NXT crowd because after the War Raiders won, you saw Ricochet get a little emotional. Alistair Black still stayed true to his character, but also acknowledged like goodbye. So I thought that was pretty interesting to mm-hmm. to let him go out on that kind of a note. Yep. Another great match is Pete Dunne and Walter for the NXT I UK title. Love, yeah, I love Walter. Yeah, he's I fun. think he's so cool. Now. With that being said, I love the bruiser weight Pete Dunne. I love the fist to the face, the leg, because it's a throwback. And one of my favorite all-time pro wrestlers, for anyone who's listened more than 10 episodes, you guys know this, and girls, um, Taz is one of my favorite all-time wrestlers. And I feel like Pete Dunne is a 2019 version of Taz. Size, grit, right attitude but then he looks like when he goes up against a guy named or a guy like walter he doesn't seem out of place it's not like oh crash holly trying again it's like no this guy's believable so i love pete dunn because it feels like a modern day taz with that being said walter is so fucking cool that music that overcoat the ring general there's a series of books that uh emily reads by agatha christie Mm -hmm. and it's perot and um it's a essentially this detective who investigates murders and like, he's always a step ahead of the killer and he's always the coolest guy in the room. And it feels like Walter is that guy with the overcoat, the British, uh, I don't think he's British, but that European flair that he has yeah. uh, again, the ring general, old school, old English on his tights. Uh, he's kind of fat and flabby. So you don't really respect him, but then he's always doing cool shit. I, yeah, I'm a huge Walter fan right now. Thought he, he was great. He kind of reminds me of a less pompous William Regal, right? He's just got a calm mm-hmm. confidence, but it's not like mm-hmm. arrogant, right? Yeah, that's a great pro wrestling uh, analogy. Yeah, right. he feels like a less pompous, less. He doesn't do the the head nod, which right. I don't want to do because right. neck. <laughs> but it's less head nod and nose uh, in the air. Wrist, yeah, right. nose in the air, and it's more uh, calculating and. Um, cerebral. Right. He, yeah, and he knows he's big. He knows he's strong. Right. He just knows yeah, how to he use it. He knows right? that this chop is gonna fuck you up. Right. Like, and, and yeah, Walter. Really, he was the guy that I was like, okay, I'm gonna pay attention to this guy going forward. Well, because I just all I knew was everybody that I'd ever seen say anything about him was like, oh my god, Walter, I can't wait. Nobody was mm-hmm. ever like, man, fuck that guy's overrated. Yeah. Like everybody's always like, fucking Walter. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this guy might be the deal. <laughs> And his entrance was so cool. The 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 all white background with the black lettering of his name where he stands into mm-hmm. where the A is. I, I thought it was perfect. All right, and the women's title, Fatal Four Way match where no one died. Uh Shayna Baszler retained her title against the uh the the cartoon pirates and Bianca Belair, the not undefeated. I'm glad Baszler still had the title. You know what I mean? Although it did make me like go like, okay, well they're probably not doing the four horsewomen thing, right? Like she, that wasn't a send off for her or anything. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing that uh, I want to oh, see how I want to phrase this. I don't want to necessarily like you know put too much emphasis on. Uh-huh. However, you know the NXT women's division has been a staple of the women's revolution, right? Like the women's revolution arguably started with the four horsewomen oh, sure. in NXT, yeah. mm-hmm. and then since then has continually stayed strong. However, right now you start looking around and you got Shayna Baszler, and that's about it. And so I think right now is going to be an interesting time in that division to see like who's going to step up 
and rival a Shanna Baszler for that title. Cause right now she just took out three people kind of feels like I don't want to see a rematch of any of those three people against her. So who's next, yeah, who's right? Left, Is it right. Candice LeRae? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, we'll see. But I think yeah. in the next coming months, that's where I feel NXT needs to put a lot of emphasis on, you know, this was a mainstay of our company and it's kind of a weak point right now. Well, let's go to the Twitter machine here. And this is a serve as a good reminder for all you listening out there that if you're on Twitter to follow us at table show, he's at T Mac underscore eight one six. And I'm at the awesome voice. And if you use hashtag tweet the table in any of your tweets, when you're thinking about wrestling, we might read some right here on the show. We might read some. I'll pick them at will as I so damn well, please. All right. Indeed. All yeah, right. Uh, thanks Funaki at B underscore double underscore D, who by the way is the title sponsor of Spanish announced table.net brought to you by B double D. He says, I'm sorry, but I don't see the hype for Bianca Belair at all. She's lame as hell. Hashtag tweet the table. I don't see the extreme hype for her either. I'm I kind of like, yeah, yeah, not bad. You know what I mean? That's how I feel when I watch her, right? I feel like she has an interesting look. If I were to show a non-wrestling fan, hey, this is a pro wrestler, it it checks all the boxes, right? The long ponytail in shape, athletic move set. has a stance, so nothing, like a charisma that looks like a you know star. Yeah. yeah. So there's nothing about her that I dislike. But there's nothing about her where I say, like, hey, you've got to see this move or this promo or this yeah. match. It just feels like, hey, that's a really and they've got good a, NXT wrestler. I like the heel move of, like, I'm undefeated, then you lose. You're like, nah, it's a state of mind. I'm undefeated, right? But, like, how mm-hmm. long can that go, right? Like, I don't know if that – We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not buying it anymore. You know, now I'm kind of like, all right, we got something else. Yeah, come up with something right. else. Um, yeah, so I think that rounds out takeover because we kind of went out of order here, but, uh, what are your just general thoughts? thoughts? Yeah. What are your lasting? Yeah. I guess Again, we kinda, the big arcs are, yeah. Where are we going with everything? Who's left for yeah. these champs? What, what's the next? Yeah. They yeah, pulled this the off step, here, especially because Tommaso Ciampa, it feels like isn't coming back in the next Lee's week or so. Too. Keith Lee's injured, I think. So, right. So who's going to be that number one contender? Uh, where does a guy like Matt Riddle who lost go? That was his first loss in NXT, I believe. So where does he go? Again, as I mentioned, that the women's division uh, in NXT is a little thin. So who who fills those spots as far as contenders? Uh, and then, yeah, Walter in NXT. Let's uh, jump on that bandwagon because it seems uh, like I'm all in, at least, on, uh, on the Walter uh, hype train. Yeah, I agree. He's fun, man. I'm excited to kind of see more of where they go with that. I don't know. If he, I think he might be sticking with the UK brand, though. I think that was part of his deal. I'm okay with it. Yeah, good. He was like, I'm not. Like I'm not nope. Mm-mm. Nope. I think he's from Amsterdam now that I think about it. And again, we don't fact check, but I think that's what they said he was right. from. All right. So NXT was fun. I mean, it kicked off the weekend uh, how NXT is supposed to, right? Like, get you excited. Right. Like, oh, man, we're about to see some great wrestling. They tell mm-hmm. some good stories in WWE. This is what we need to do, right? It's 2019 year of the storyline. I'm getting excited. Definitely. Getting excited. Well, then we go to the Hall of Fame, which is always fun, right? It's very nostalgic. Uh, you you know what I mean? Just that, right? It plays into your into your youth, and it's it's something you can watch with old fans, even right? That maybe don't mm-hmm. still follow, and you can kind of be like, oh man, share some stuff there. Uh, so we'll go through this, man. Let's kick off real bullet style here. The legacy winners: uh, Jim Barnett, longtime wrestling promoter, former of Indianapolis NWA territory. Buddy Rose held numerous regional NWA championships. Hisashi Shima, I don't know, longtime Japanese promoter, Joseph Cohen, media executive whose accomplishments included developing two of WWE's eventual broadcast partners, MSG Network and USA Network. 
Um, first living inductee into the Legacy Wing. Primo Carnera, numerous regional NWA championships, former boxing world heavyweight champion. Professor Toru Tanaka, former WWWF international tag team champion, uh, three-time WWWF champion. SD Jones, three-time NWA America's tag team champion. Luna Vachon, one-time USWA women's champion, famous Vachon wrestling family. Wahoo McDaniel, regional NWA championships galore. Also, Bruiser Brody, also numerous NWA championships. I don't know why this is legacy stuff. Is this because none of this was ever at any time part of no because they've got wwwf well and luna vachon was yeah. a, a valet for Shawn michaels yeah that why was wouldn't the only bruiser one... brody like I, I get maybe he's well, never in things that they own i guess maybe i don't know not necessarily that at least from my point of view i understand that he's passed away and again he, he i don't think there's at least for me there's no wwf memory of bruiser brody's i guess that makes sense the only one in that legacy one that i felt like didn't fit was Luna Vachon because again for me I have more memories of Luna Vachon and WWF than I do of Alundra Blaze or Beth Phoenix or any of these other you know people so I don't understand why she didn't get a spot just being recognized in the WWE Hall of Fame I mean I'm glad that she's in the WWE Hall of Fame but I felt like she should have had a spot alongside the Honky Tonk Man or Coco Beware or any of the uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake you know I felt like she's just as deserving as any of those people especially a Beth Phoenix what I really don't understand is that like they've never fully explained to us that I've caught what the difference is what is a legacy inductee versus I've understood Yeah, I've understood because one note that you said there was uh, the Joe Cohen was the first living member of the legacy. And I understand that. Right. So like um, even though Bruiser Brody is a huge name, there's no real like who would induct Bruiser Brody. We don't know. Right. And so yeah, nobody's here who like, well, Lawler knew him pretty well, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like it feels hard. None of us. It's a hard sell to tell anybody a story and stand up here on stage. Yeah. It's basically ones who didn't have a formal induction, right? Right. But then Mm -hmm. again, why does Sean, I feel like totally uh, should. Maybe not though. As far as her WWE career, I wouldn't maybe say definite Hall of Famer, right? So maybe I I would. You know who could put her in there? Hmm. You know who could put her in? Alundra Blaze. Yeah. I definitely remember matches of Alundra Blaze the, versus Luna Pichon. Yeah, the Bruiser Brody one, though, just feels like that. He was such a big name oh, in crossing history. Yeah. Like, just one of the biggest. I definitely think he should be one, too. One yeah, biggest. for sure. Uh, the Warrior Award went to the Sue Atchison, longtime WWE executive, spearheaded many of WWE's charitable programs, including its partnership with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So, obviously, I mean, they're handing out these awards for this stuff. They probably all feel like, well, she's the one who makes it all happen, right? So, let's give right. her an award. So, and uh, she did know. great. Her, her speech, right. I thought, was fantastic. Fantastic. Very, very well done. Yep. All right. And then uh, Honky Tonk Man, which uh, full, fully gimmicked did the honks. Yeah. Thing, and man. let's back up real quick because one thing I wanted to get your thoughts on with the WWE Hall of Fame is it was different than in years past where they put them in a ring. They allowed them to walk the aisle one last time. Uh, what did you think of that? I thought it was pretty cool. What I did like you think? that. I like the entrance and walk the aisle. That's a good, right? I mean, they had entrances and music before, but this is more. Yeah, it's already set up in the ring. We don't have to do another weird setup, right? That's going to allow them to get in and out quicker. They can just have the setup from NXT or whatever it was, right? Yep. Uh, and they're going to be back there for Raw and SmackDown, right? For that same arena. And that the way they do that mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, 
I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I like that, man. That that was one of my. I, th- I think it, it did stick out different, right? It felt different. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought for this being a pro wrestling hall of fame, the two things you think of with a pro wrestlers, what are you walking out to? And then it's a pro wrestling yeah. ring. So you should incorporate that into the hall of fame. That was perfect. Well, and so honk comes out in the pink Cadillac, right? And so he's, uh, he's, Oh, he did phenomenal. Yeah. For what we thought he was going to be. And he even alluded to it. He's like, no one thought I'd be here. And you guys know that. And everyone kind of nodded like, yeah, we thought you'd be too crazy to give a speech here. Uh, but he was in full gimmick. He kept it short. Uh, I thought he was, I thought for what he is and who he is, I thought it was a perfect, uh, speech mm-hmm, for him. Mm-hmm. I thought he did really well. And Jimmy Hart was great too. Uh, one time intercontinental champion in WWE. The, the greatest intercontinental champion. But the longest reigning at 454 mm-hmm. days. Um, isn't that fun? I like that a lot. That's fun. Um, and then, uh, Tori Wilson. Okay, a key figure in WCW's invasion of WWE and a pivotal a pivotal member of the WWE women's division who quote helped blaze tra- a trail for women in sports entertainment end quote was featured on the cover of Playboy twice during her WWE career. So full disclosure, I know a lot of people love that DX speech, but for me, I thought Tori Wilson did the absolute best uh, all around him. First off, I thought Stacy Keebler was a welcome surprise because they didn't really tip their hand of who was going to induct Tori Wilson. And I thought Stacy Keebler was a perfect pick. She did a really good job inducting or, you know, introducing Tori Wilson, Tori Wilson with the, you know, Hey women and just men or people in general, you know, you can overcome your fears. You can do your best. This is what I did. And, you know, I had my fears and things like that. And then she even poked fun at the whole, like, Apparently, I was also a part of a lot of your guys' puberty, and you know, the New Day stood up and gave him a clap. I thought gave her a clap. I thought that was perfect. Uh, and then she even shared how horrible week she had with her father dying two days prior to the uh, induction. So uh, she ran the full gamut of emotions, right, from laughter to inspiration to tears. Uh, so I really thought her uh, segment was the best segment in the Hall of Fame. Um. And I didn't have the same connection to her that you did because I kind of stopped watching for a while during her heyday, like her highlights. Um, and my son was sitting there watching uh, with me, and I, he didn't – I think he agreed with me more. He was just kind of like, I don't – now, it's hard for him to know he has no frame of reference, period, right? We'll um, have him go through puberty and watch a bra and panties uh, match between uh, Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson um, and then ask him if he still likes Tori but Wilson. that one caught me quick when she was like – her dad just died, and he was like two days ago. I was like, oh, holy shit, man. That means they were like there – Mm-hmm. And that means that means she was probably just like still in the funeral process and shit mm-hmm. as we speak. She probably showed up at the fucking arena crying. Like God, that mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah, yeah. And for me, because of the age that I was at and how wrestling was evolving, like you said, the two time on the Playboy, the bra and panties matches, the throwing the water on the uh, white T shirts. I mean, look, Tori Wilson was an A plus in my book. I stood up when she said about the puberty. <laughs> All right, uh, the Hart Foundation, Natalia, in in lieu of, of the recently passed Jim the Anvil Knight Hart and Brett the Hitman Hart already uh, in the Hall of Fame, previously inducted in 2006. Um, and then, of course. Yeah, let's get right to it. Yeah, yeah let's get right to it. Yeah. So some jack wagon from Omaha, Nebraska, 2 and one bullshit amateur fighter, uh, jumps into the ring to tackle him for what fucking reason, by the way, this is what I always want to ask these weirdos is okay. So you're going to like go from your seat, 
run down, and then, like, what is your end game? Like, what do you think will happen? Like, you're gonna, I don't know, kill Bret Hart? Like, obviously not. You're, are, are you going to like win over him with affection? Obviously not. Now, obviously, seems like uh, this guy has mental issues, so I'm not trying to downplay that. However, I just never understood what these people think their end game will be. They're gonna get a podcast. I mean, I don't know. It's it, it's the weirdest thing. I don't understand why people think it's a uh, a success to do to to jump the barrier. Uh, but man, yeah, any of that, the, barrier, like the streaking, the, the any of that stuff, I've never understood why. I'm like, you I know, know, this I is going to end like, really bad for you, right? Like, we have yeah, enough evidence now that everybody game? knows this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. but man, the the locker room uh, from well, past yeah, so, and current generation. So, so we got two tweet the tables about this at the ultimate one says first off fuck that guy who attacked Bret Hart this is the reason why I enjoy watching dumbasses who jump in the ring get the shit kicked out of them hashtag tweet the table and at B underscore double underscore D says so Vince has to sound or sign Travis Brown now right like lifetime contract type stuff way to go big fella hashtag tweet the table yeah and what a way to win over the locker room right because you know you're coming into enemy territory as they say because you're an mma guy kind of already getting a spot but him and shane were the first two to jump in there and travis brown to his credit he diffused the situation quick as possible yeah he got the guy down so they could get him out and then the guy's still struggling while walking until uh what was it dash wilder is that the one who, yeah, yeah uh, uh-huh. um uh revival two uh, he, he gave him the old, like, just right in the face, right? Just gave him the damn, just, well, like, even, what do you call that, a right cross? Just gave him a damn, Yeah, boom. just a right two, right to the face. And then Davey Boy Smith and his MC Hammer uh, flash pants came from the back, apparently, just to get six punches in on this guy. That was yeah, one thing I thought was interesting. Is the, the situation was diffused. But, the, like, the situation was diffused. Travis Brown hit him a few times to, like, calm him down, right, and get him down. Big E and all the other ones were trying to grab him out of the ring. And then you know flash mob davy boy smith jr runs out and was like no i'm hitting this guy too well, the thing is like travis brown gets to the guy like before he fully gets heart to the ground like brown got yeah. in there quick man yeah good he saw him skills. coming in that's that was mm-hmm. great yeah for sure yeah and shane mcmahon jumped on there quick as a whistle as well so uh credit to those guys for acting as quick as they did but now yeah, that, it sucked. the and- speech was still good. I mean, like it was good going back to the memories. I love the Heart Foundation. Anvil is one of I always, as a little kid, would do the grab my fake mm-hmm. beard and do the laugh. Right now, I, I do want to say something though uh, for any longtime listeners of the Spanish announcement table. You know my feelings on Bret Hart. I think he sucks. I think he's uh, overvalued, uh, overrated. I think he's his best fan. All I agree that with all is of known. That. Yeah. Right. All of that is known. However, he handled that situation, I think, better than anyone possibly could. He right. stood up. He acknowledged, like, back in the day when we were heels, we dealt with guys like this, you know. So everyone, you know, got the pop, you know, and all that. Uh, he kept his speech uh, very professional. He seemed to get back into the rhythm really quick. So for 
as bad of a situation as he went through, and I don't want anyone to go through that, I thought he handled it better than maybe anyone could have. So credit to him on that. Very professional. But very, he did everything really well. Very professional. He didn't, you know, he didn't complain about anything, which is usually been our gripe is like, man. And I get that he may have an argument that he could complain about a lot of things. I get it. But like, you know, man, he sure does it. He sure takes every liberty. And that's where, like, this was like, I was like, wow, man, he just took that in stride. He was tough. It was not that he hasn't been. He's a tough guy, obviously. Right. But what I'm saying is you could have easily said like this. This fucking bullshit security should have had that under control and stormed off and then they have to go to harlem heat or you know whoever was next but no he's like oh i'm going to out of respect for jim neidhart and for me going into the hall of fame i'm gonna finish the speech like i thought he did perfect because there was a lot of situations or there was a lot of chances he could have took to say like fuck this i'm done this was stupid i should have went through that and I like and that did. they, I like that they let Natty go up there uh, in lieu of, so it wasn't just Brett up there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, it still felt mm-hmm. like there was, a, you know, somebody representing him as the tag team member. So yeah, and they was... did it really well with the laugh at the very end of the speech. I thought it was mm-hmm. perfect. They did it really well, besides that one moment, which was complete bullshit. Yeah, I'm sitting there. We're getting ready to shave my son's uh, head. Right, part of his head is shaved. You know. And, I was like, yeah, I just got done shaving mine, so I was like, here, I'll, I'll do yours. And uh, man. Uh, like we're kind of half watching it in the mirror and listening, you know, because it's speeches. You don't got to necessarily watch it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I just hear silence, right, or, or the crowd, right. And I look, and there's just a crowd shot, and there's no talking, there's no announcers. And I was like, oh no, what happened, right? Immediately, my son's like, no, I think they just said something. They were laughing. And I was like, no, this is no, like this is like this is, something went wrong. Did Bret Hart just have a heart attack? What's going on, right? Like, and that's when like I started looking online. You start texting me, like it was nuts. I was just like, holy crap, I can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. And then we moved on, and maybe I'm out of order here, but let's hit Brutus. Uh, Brutus, the barber beefcake. Um, one-time WWF tag team champion and Hulk Hogan's uh, um, sidecar to his Harley for his entire career. Indeed. You know, there wasn't much to be said. He didn't completely shit the bed, but it was probably the worst of the night. Um it happened. Yeah, it sounded like a guy just telling some stories at, at the bar, you know, and you're like, hey, I get it, man. You were you yep. were you were hot once. Cool. Yep. Cool. Um, and then Harlem Heat, and one of the better speeches I liked wasn't even really wrestling related. It was Booker T. Like Booker T. loves his brother, like Mr. T. loves his mother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Me, I was like, damn, man, that was a really well done speech, though. Like how he laid it out, like how he kind of went through chronologically. Like I literally only did this, guys. Like as much as I love it, and as much as I was successful at it, like. I went down this path because I wanted to be like this dude right here. Yeah, I thought it was really great. And at this moment in the night, one thing that caught my attention is how many people, and again, say what you want about the backstage politicking and yada, 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 and his creative control and all of that. And you can say that till you're blue in the face for a million times. However, one thing that stood out to me is how many people in this Hall of Fame class credited Hulk Hogan for giving them their shot. So mm-hmm. you had Honky Talk Man say, the only reason I was Intercontinental Champion is because Hulk Hogan thought it would be a good idea. Thank you for taking a chance on me. Right. So that's Honky Talk Man. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, as you said, Brutus Barber Beefcake. Tori Wilson said, uh, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash saw that I could be something more than just a pretty face and gave me an opportunity. And then Harlem heat, when they said they got to WCW and was kind of floundering, uh, stated that Hulk Hogan said 
the best tag team on this roster is Harlem Heat, and you need to push them. So I thought it was very interesting to see the influence Hulk Hogan has more than just the golden era era of the 1980s, right? You expected the Brutus, the Barber Beefcake, the Honky Tonk Man, but the Tory Wilsons, the Harlem Heats, that's where I was like, wow, he was still, you know, identifying Hogan, talent and trying yeah. to push who mm-hmm. should be going to the top. So Hogan, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, has historically seemed to have an act for that. Like, he's been able to pluck who's actually good. Hogan's mm-hmm. always got the wrestling business almost, like, instinctively since he began it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just understands mm-hmm. how it works, what's going to work, what doesn't. Um, even when what he's doing might be outdated, a lot of his principles are the same, right? Like, the basic right. storytelling is there, right? It's good guy versus mm-hmm. bad guy. You make the crowd hate somebody. And however you do it might be different each time. But that's the yeah. basic story, right? Like, yeah, we'll start I, there and go from there. I just found that interesting uh, at this point of the night. So uh, that was one thing yeah. I thought was was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Okay, and then um, we'll hit the big one, Degeneration X, man. We had Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China posthumously, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, and X-Pac. Um, and the China thing, let's get that out of the way too. Man, the crowd was behind anything they could have said about her. I like X-Pac being like, hey, China Memorial Battle Royal, what now? Right? And yeah. then everyone was like, yeah, right? Like, I mean, which I, hey, man, that sounds great. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Right? Like, Andre the Giant wasn't a great person. Sure, and, of course not. So, so why, just have the why two not? Great, yeah, right, why right, not? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> And then I'm going to say China was a bad person, but I'm saying the stain of China doing porn and that's why we can't do it. It was like, well, Andre probably did some fucking bullshit that we're not talking about. So just because one sins are out in the open and the other ones aren't doesn't mean you you know, can't say that China can be named that. Uh, I thought it was really done well. I thought X-Pac got a little bit carried away, got a little long winded for me. Uh, He even admitted he was nervous. So, you know, it wasn't like I was burying him as like, God damn it, X-Pac, shut up. But it was just like. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. I thought the Billy Gun, uh, water gun thing was pretty funny. I thought the um, the, the Vincent Man stuff was funny. The, yeah, the Vincent Man stuff was good. The hints at all elite, right? Yeah. Where Triple H said he would buy the co- or, you know Vince would buy the company just to fire him again. Uh, Shawn Michaels saying that he was all in. I thought that was you know they did like we said going into this. I thought we would hear some things like that. Uh, I thought it was really done well. Triple H's speech I thought was more in-depth than I thought he would go into. I didn't think he would bring up his parents and things like that. So I thought that was really done that well. That was funny, too. blaming his mom for all the dick jokes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was and then one. one thing that I thought was funny, and I told you this too, was Shawn Michaels who said like, hey, my family hates this part of my career, so they're not here. Thank you. Right, yeah. I already did a speech once. So move on. Who's next? Like it's like yeah, that makes yeah, sense, right? Well, I mean, just I mean, so you got Shawn Michaels, two-time inductee, previously inducted in 2011 for his individual career. Triple H, a a surefire at least two-time inductee when it's all said and done, uh, because he's a nine-time WWF slash E champion, five-time World Heavyweight Champion, five-time WWF Intercontinental Champion, 1997 King of the Ring winner, and 2002 and 2016 Royal Rumble winners. Um, China, you know, first woman to participate in the Royal Rumble match and King of the Ring tournament and only woman to hold the Intercontinental Championship, also held the Women's Championship. Billy Gunn, 10-time WWF Tag Team Champion, one-time WWE Tag Team Champion, one-time Intercontinental Champion, one-time Hardcore Champion, 1999 King of the Ring winner. Road Dogg, five-time WWF Tag Team Champion, one-time WWE Tag Team Champion. 
uh, one-time WWF Intercontinental Champion, one-time Hardcore Champion, and X-Pac, two-time European Champion, two-time Light Heavyweight Champion, two-time WCW Cruiserweight Champion, four-time WWF Tag Team Champion, and one-time WCW Tag Team Champion. All of these people, Shawn Michaels already is, but all of these people on their own singles career could be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Maybe not I Billy Gunn. I would say that you could put them – well, no, I was I was gonna say you could put the New Age Outlaws separate from DX into the Hall of Fame, but I wouldn't put like a Road Dog. Yeah, I get you there. Singles career, well, but yeah, I get what you where... Well, hey, we're we're using that as the honky talk man. You wouldn't put in Road Dog. <laughs> There's nothing in his singles career that he did that. Neither I was, was the honky talk man. <laughs> It was the longest intercontinental. Well, I mean, we're splitting hairs here, but yeah, Yeah. I know what you're saying. Uh, It's arguable, at least, for those two. The other four, absolutely. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think they're all great. They're all memorable to me because that was the Mm -hmm. time period that I absolutely love. You know, I was into everything. Yeah, they could all be at least two time WWE champions in some form. Uh, Triple H could get a third with Dame Evolution. Right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Mm What did I say? Uh, Champions. Right. Uh, Hall of Fame. Um, inductees, right? Uh, at least two, because you're saying that New Age Outlaws could be by themselves. Uh, mm. Triple H could get one for himself, and he could get one for Evolution if they do that. Oh, definitely. And then, yeah. you know, then Ric Flair's a, what, a three-timer. And hey, you got to have him be, be the number one guy, right? And, yeah, I mean, it, it just could have X-Pac could go in himself. China could get her own. Uh, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, here, let's hit um, hashtag tweet the tables here. At Theo75 says, I hope they induct G.I. Bro. King Booker and Booker T on commentary into the WWE Hall of Fame so Booker T can be a five-time, 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 five-time WWE Hall of Fame inductee. Hashtag tweet the table. That would That's be great. amazing just to do it, right? In the same yep. Hall of Fame, induct those three guys, right? Like the three faces of Foley. Yep, do, I love you can it. be That's in the commentary idea. wing. Right. Yep. Uh, let's see. Was there any other ones on? There's no more on the Hall of Fame. So we, that's a good spot for us to take a break, huh? Then we'll come back yeah, and we'll talk about some WrestleMania and some Raw SmackDown. We need to go get some water in us and get some water out of us. Yeah? Indeed. <laughs> right. All right. We'll be back then quickly on the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, the Hardy Boys are the only tag team in WWE history to win the tag titles in three different decades. The Spanish announce table. Tom, we took a break and I ran upstairs, grabbed some water, used the restroom, say hello to my wife. And my daughter has, for a Spanish class, part of their thing in the Spanish culture portion of the class is they were going to make a Spanish dish, right? And she made some kind of Spanish cheesecake and it's sitting there cooling now and it looks Mm -hmm. amazing. Tom, it looks like you would buy it at the at the bakery right like i mean it looks great and i can't have any of it tom and like it's for her school and there's a grade on it and i'm like oh man i'm just sitting here looking at it I was like two i was like you expect me to oh no yeah i asked her i was like you making two of these she was like no but i should have i was like yeah she was like well yeah because i got a big class and i was like no you should have made two because you got a big dad like what are you talking about you should no right. me me I want some. What do you think of your your father, the provider? That, man. Yeah, it makes me not feel bad about missing a birthday next year for us going to WrestleMania. You're missing her birthday? Yeah, her 16th birthday. 
Yeah. She was like, my sweet 16. And I was like, we don't like do that. You're not getting like a car. You're not like, and she was like, no, I get that. But it's still like the 16th. And I was like, that's like a thing. Like you're like that. That means something to you. And she was like, well, you won't be there. You know, I was like, well, yeah, but we would probably just like hang out and have like, we could do that before or after. Like I've never been to WrestleMania. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, we had that conversation already. That is so awesome. I did not realize that. I love that. Yeah, her birthday's April 4th. She was born on April 4th, 2004, so her birthday's 4 4 4. Wait a minute. But WrestleMania is not till the 7th. It's the 5th, I think. Oh, it's the 5th. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even at that, I mean, the things are week long. You know what I mean? Like, we'd be, yeah, 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 even if it yeah. was the 7th. Right, yeah, yeah. I've said that forever. I was like, man, I really want to go to WrestleMania, but I might have to wait until my daughter's out of the house, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. the birthday right. always falls on that. But then I was like, ah, she's probably not going to care. Right, you know what I mean, like, yeah. and then I say it, and then she's like, "Man, I was like, you still get money, like, you know what I mean, like, well, you know, if you want, I mean, if you want, we can just go to WrestleMania, like, fly out the day of, and then go that. there, stay no, the night, and then do. Not. I'm not going the first one and not doing all of the stuff. So me. maybe on the second or third one, yeah, then maybe because of her birthday, we'll do like the day of, but no, not the first she'll one. She'll be twenty or something. Man, I ain't trying to. Yeah, twenty-one. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. She's like, it's like my sweet sixteen. I was like, that's not like a thing we do, right? You know that. Like, I'm not like. It ain't. And she's don't like, don't no, fall for those like... corporate birthdays. You know. Well, no, but I was like, if you're like, like if you're thinking like what you've seen, sweet sixteen parties and stuff, like I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, I didn't realize that was a thing. But she was like, but no, she was like, I was like, oh, so that's still like important. Like she was like, have you not grown up in America for like the last 80 years? And I was like, well, Mexico, they do it at 15. And she was like, yeah, well, I'm not Mexican. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she, so she just had a 15th birthday recently. So, you know, happy birthday, Aaliyah. Yeah. yeah. Birthday to her. Definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hey, so yeah. let's get into WrestleMania. Uh, we'll we'll uh, proactively wish her a happy 16th. Uh, yeah, definitely. Proactive. Right. Maybe like we'll do that. it live. That's a good way to... Maybe we'll do a Facebook Live happy birthday from Tampa. Hey, I like that idea. Definitely. Hey, we'll hey, so get let's get WrestleMania. Pena, big 16. So... All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's get into so WrestleMania. As we mentioned, mm-hmm. Yeah, so as we mentioned, me and Tim watched WrestleMania together uh, at my house because of my neck injury. I can't drive, so he had to come over if he was going to watch it with me. Um, yeah, I didn't know I had to get neck thought. massages, though. That was weird. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to help out. Hey, so what were your general thoughts? So if I say WrestleMania 35, you say... Long. Long. And they've all been long. Don't get me wrong. But this one felt Mm -hmm. exceptionally long. It felt to me as if everything that happened, I enjoyed. And what I mean by that is Kofi winning, Becky winning, for me, the Iconics winning... Uh, who else was really interesting and fun? Uh, a or uh, yeah, AJ Styles Randy Wharton match uh, was fun. I thought everything there checked all the boxes. But what I will say is, even though all of those things were so uh, fun and interesting and yay, uh, maybe because of how long it was, nothing felt special. I don't think I'm going to necessarily at WrestleMania. 38 look back and be like, oh, I got to see the moment when fill in the blank happened at WrestleMania 35, just because I didn't feel like anything really hit home with me. Now we spoke about this off air. The Kofi Kingston win, I think is going to be something that we'd look back 
maybe five, 10 years down the road and say like how monumental it was that the first African-American champion was crowned at WrestleMania when Kofi Kingston defeated Daniel Bryan. Much like we look back at WCW and say, remember when Ron Simmons defeated Vader to become the first uh, heavyweight champion in WCW history, the first African-American to be a heavyweight champion, right? Uh, but at the time, I don't think anyone necessarily was saying, like, you got to watch that Ron Simmons match. You know what I mean? But after time passed uh, that that event by, then you look back and you say, man, that was a really special moment. Maybe that, but the suplex from uh, Miz to Shane I thought was cool, but nothing I'm going to But I forgot it make. happened until the next night well, when they were recapping. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. But it's nothing that like I'm gonna say. Hey, casual uh, fan of pro wrestling, right. you got to see this, right? Shane did the thing from the cage uh, at WrestleMania 31 that was a little bit more spectacular, or 32, I, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, that was a little bit more spectacular than that suplex. So, like I said, I thought everything was good and fine and well, and nothing pissed me off, and everything made me smile. But it also just wasn't that memorable to me. Yeah, there really wasn't that, right? There was that no shocking moment. There was that no, like you said, just awe-inspiring moment, even though there were some two big moments. I mean, we had the women uh, main eventing. We had Kofi with the first one, which they did. They hinted a few times, especially on social media, at the racial aspect of the storyline, but they mm-hmm. never hit you over the head with any of that. And so... Yeah. Uh, us just being white, frankly, like it, it didn't feel like that was a major portion of it. But every video I've seen of people reacting and the videos I saw of people leading up, if they were black, it was clear this was a big fucking deal. And I was like, oh, yeah, and that's okay. when it hit. That's, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's when it hit more home for me is when I saw the reaction of the African-American pro wrestling community uh, from them watching that victory. So, again, at the time of the win, I just thought like, hey, cool, Kofi won. That was a fun match. That happened. That was fine. And so it doesn't stay with me. But then seeing the reaction of others, like an MVP, uh, the crime time guys. Yeah. Woods was then crying. It's like, I mean, he was right. crying. So like, yeah. I had to take a step back and be like, oh, wow, that was a huge monumental huge moment. moment. So I definitely respect it. And, and again, I think I'll, re- I'll um, find it more memorable as time goes on. But at the time, for me, being you know white Kansas City male, it didn't really hit home. But right. that's just because of who I am. Right. Uh, well, and here's, fun here's an overarching thought that I had from that, because my Kofi thing before realizing kind of what this meant to the African-American community um, was that uh, for me, I was like, finally, they've like the crowd was like, hey, this guy, damn it. And they were like, oh, this one. OK, cool. Fine. Yeah, here. Great. Let's do it. Right. And to me, that was awesome. And I feel like they also did that with Becky Lynch. And they did that in some other things. And I feel like that's how the whole WrestleMania felt, like you said, right? This is kind of like, hey, here's everything you wanted, guys. And then uh, they spent the rest of the weekend going, hey, we did all the stuff you guys wanted. Remember how cool that was? Everybody happy? Like, that's kind of what the whole mm-hmm. theme was. Like, hey, man, we get it here. We're here. You happy? Here. This. Now, right? do Yeah, now you guys take it and make it cool. And we're like, no, right. no, no, no. That's what we want. But you still have to do your part in making this cool. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're sufficing our uh, interests and our wants and desires. But that still doesn't mean that you can't now 
tell a good story. You have to then continue this because this is no off season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like that is the season finale WrestleMania, but that doesn't mean the Raw and SmackDown. You just go like, well, we're good. And we'll get into Raw and SmackDown a little right. bit. Uh, but it's if I were to ask premiere. you, yeah, if I were to ask you, uh, just off the top of your head, I didn't give you this question ahead of time, so feel free to think about it, and I can answer it while you think. But what were your top moments? If I say the top three to five or whatever it is, what would you say WrestleMania 35, maybe not remembered for, but what would you say was your top three to five moments of the night? Yeah, for out of order, definitely Kofi winning was up there just because it was a cool moment. You know, like I knew it mm-hmm. was a big deal. Um I'd say um, I really liked the um, the viciousness of the women's main event, right? Like that. Yeah. Was a, so my mm-hmm. my daughter was watching some wrestling with me and my son uh, yesterday. We were watching the Iconics tag team match, and she said, "She's like, boy, the uh, acting ability of the of the wrestling here in the women's division really isn't all that uh, isn't all that great." And I was like, "Well, first of all, these aren't like this isn't you're not watching." the top notch in ring right. wrestlers right here. I was like, first of all, they're, they're wrestling some, some two girls who are supposed to be nothing, right? Like that's the point, right? So they probably, I was like, they also look like they might've legitimately only wrestled 10 matches. So they probably don't know any moves. I was like, but if you watched the main event of WrestleMania the other night, it looked like they were legit fighting each other, like beating each other up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I like that a lot. Um, the Iconics winning was a fun one for me. Um, I did like that. Um, yeah, I think that might be the things that stick out the most to me there. Um, I don't think I'm trying to scroll back through the things real quick. Becky Lynch winning was fun. You know, the whole main event of Mm -hmm. that, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. What are yours? So everyone knows that I, I try my best to separate the art from the artist. So for me, Hulk Hogan holds, you know, a special place in my heart for just being a Hulkamaniac since the age of three. Right. However, I just thought it was so hilarious. And I think you retweeted it from our account, but for him to poke fun at messing up at WrestleMania 30, the name of the stadium to then mess up the name on accident of the stadium he was at, I thought was just spot on hilarity. Thought that was so great. Now, now let me say this though. I did not know. I knew it was MetLife, but Center Stadium Arena. But I said I it then. Know. I was like, "Is it the MetLife Center?" I don't. You know, and you were like, eh, "Yeah." I, I was like, it, "I don't think it is." But for him to poke fun at messing that up at WrestleMania 30, to then five years later it's later so get Hogan. a second it's shot so and then Hogan. mess it up again was just so Terry Bollea. Like, yeah. well, what so old timey wrestler, right? I mean, right? You know. Yeah, because he doesn't know. Am I in Poughkeepsie or am I in Brooklyn? Oh no, I'm in New Jersey. Okay, let me get. Yeah, take brother. the 29 down south. Like, oh, yeah, geez. exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was hilar- hilarious and funny. So that's going to be something that I'll remember for a while. Mm-hmm. I thought the bugonomics was perfect, right? Mm-hmm. No one saw that coming. I thought it was a very well thought out way to get John Cena cheered without the yay boos that he typically gets because everyone got behind the thugonomics thing. I thought the little rap that he did was funny and the my nuts but your bush is hairier or something like that uh that he said with the pistachios which he's a Mm. spokesperson for god you know he still has to be a shill sometimes anyhow uh i thought his the whole thing was good uh and then yeah the kofi kingston becky lynch wins which i kind of put in the same uh bucket because it was it meant the same kind of thing right women main eventing 
uh, uh, WrestleMania for the first time, and then Kofi being the first African American champion, kind of put those at the same level. Um, again, because I'm a white male from Kansas City, those don't really hit home with me. Uh, and then personally, I like the the Iconics one. It it further cements that Sasha Banks can't defend a title because every title she wins in her first defense, she ends up losing it. Now even with the tag champs, so good. Screw off. I can't stand those two. I used to love Bailey. I had a Bailey shirt. Now I just don't even want to look at her. Hope she turns heel. And Sasha, I don't know. Go sign with AEW. I'm done with yeah, you. Yeah, they're both uh, bad. And so the Iconics do Iconic. I love them. I think they're awesome. I think they can go because of how like slapstick funny they are. I think they can do heel where they're attacking teams backstage, mm-hmm. or they can do almost like a uh, Hurricane Helms where. It's just a goofy person that we like because it's our goofy person. Right, exactly. I, I think they could do that as a baby face too. So I think they're perfect in their in the roles that they're in. Uh, and and another thing that will st- stand out to me, and the last point I'll kind of make about the WrestleMania card was how much raw emotion we saw. Right. So you just mentioned Xavier Woods bawled like a baby as soon as Kofi mm-hmm. won. Right. The Iconics bawled like a baby as soon as uh, they won the tag champions. Becky Lynch, she held it together, but you could definitely tell like this was a huge moment as soon as she won. Uh, So that that raw emotion, you know, seeping through the the storylines and we got to see a peek of who the real person was uh, is another thing that would Mm -hmm. stick in my mind. Um, yeah, let's run through, see if there's anything else here that we want to, oh, the streak was broken only for them to lose it. Then <laughs> what the next night there, uh, Hawkins and Ryder. Yeah, they won, uh, but they, they won on Monday night as oh, well. They did win on Monday night, didn't they? Yeah. 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 That's yeah, right. They no, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Those, so they are still alive. Um, you know what I will say though, on WrestleMania, as you, as you kind of scroll through that to give you some yeah. time to catch up. I'll say the most disappointing thing, and I think he even said it to you when it happened, the Kurt Angle match. Mm-hmm. That was very – and I get it, right? Kurt can't be 2006 Kurt where he's tearing it down with Shawn Michaels or Chris Benoit, right? Uh, but I don't know. It just felt anticlimactic, and I didn't want to really see him lose. Well, you go out but on your Baron back, Baron Corbin could have taken that – but Baron Corbin could have taken that loss, right? How many times has Baron Corbin lost in a row? A hundred times? You could know? have had other uh, legends come out and beat up Baron Corbin. Yeah. He's been, fu- you know what I mean? Like right. he's been fucking with them. So, especially for if you, you know, fast forward to Monday Night Raw where uh, Kurt Angle's going out on his back for Lars Sullivan. Well, then why does he have to go out on his back for Baron Corbin and Lars Sullivan? We could have had him win at WrestleMania. We all get the fun moment. There he goes off in the sunset, and then on Raw says thank you, and then goes out on his back for Lars Sullivan. I thought you could have done it that way. Uh, And then, yeah, Miz and Shane, uh, we kind of touched on that. I thought that they did really well. I thought the storyline, the storytelling of that match was done really well. Yep. Um, I like that one a lot, too. Um, It was just kind of slow, though, you know what I mean? It was slow moving until that moment. Yeah, but what I liked about it, and this is, again, getting into the weeds, but it was – you know, typically speaking, Shane McMahon going balls to the wall, jumping off of anything and everything, being a daredevil. But in this match, being the conservative chicken shit, please don't touch me. Please don't hurt me. Right. Mm-hmm. And Miz, who is typically the conservative chicken shit, please don't touch me. Please don't hurt me. Going balls to the wall, jumping barricades and pushing them off ledges and stuff like that. So I thought that storyline telling was good. Yeah. And then who could forget the stance of Mr. Miz as he squared up with Shane McMahon. Thought that was hilarious. Even yeah. though Shane McMahon, 
let's not act like you're Mr. Golden Gloves over here. You fucking suck too, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the stance of Mr. Miz, I thought was hilarious. Well, yeah. And then his correction of it. And he's just like, yeah, why not? Let's, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought that was a good, I thought that was a good WrestleMania match, right? The storyline going into it was, uh, had yeah, something the to be of it was very was right well, yeah right. but the the wrestlemania theatrics as you stated i thought was perfect for yeah. that setting uh Strowman won that battle royal uh through the the uh snl chumps out of the ring there really wasn't much to that they hit under the yeah ring it was very safe conservative mm-hmm. that's the second and time and he's won that now huh Strowman, has he won two sure. of those yeah we don't fact check yeah, who knows mm-hmm. um rollins so i liked how uh, and uh, word is Hogan didn't know this was supposed to happen. I like how they sent uh, uh, Heyman out. Paul Heyman, right? yeah, yeah. And word is Hogan didn't even know that that was like part of the show. That he was like, "What the hell's this guy doing?" <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's great. Again, we're just so and, Hogan. And who knows if that was a shoot or if it was planned? But the if we're not going on last, we're gonna get this done now from Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was perfect. Fits with the character. Fits with the theme of who Brock Lesnar is. And that match was very, you know, safe. Brock Lesnar has a match or a real fight uh, scheduled for the summer against Daniel Cormier. So he's not trying to tear an ACL doing the shooting star press or anything. Right. Um, so I thought it, it happened. It was good. And, you know, hey, Seth Rollins as your champion, there's definitely worse things that could be uh, going on other than that. True that. Uh, Styles beat Orton. I mean, again, a match that was good. There just wasn't anything really that was like, oh, man, you got to see this. Right. Yeah. Again. Awesome. Fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Happened. Yep. Um. Let me look back. Make sure we're not missing any tweet the tables about anything. We're oh, at Hallmark of Swede did mention which I caught this too. He says hey, hashtag tweet the table. Just started watching WrestleMania. Isn't the first W in WWE for World? So why is this show starting off as fuck yeah America Championship Wrestling? Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was a whole American theme to that opening intro there. Ugh. I, I again, I don't understand the like we're better than you, this country, that country. I don't care, you know. This is again me going on my personal tirade. I don't know why the national anthem is played at sporting events. You don't do that at the start of your work day. So why are we doing it for the start of their work day? Uh, I don't understand. Like you said, it's a world product. So why are we only playing one national anthem? I think it's stupid and should be just thrown to the wayside. But that's me. I don't get into the whole. My place is better than your place because I'm in this place and you're in that place. I don't, I think My dirt's stupid. better than your dirt. Right. Uh, the Usos stupid. beat The Bar, Blackashay, and Rusev Day and Nakamura. Um, again, you know? I was like, great. I yeah, was like glad The Usos won. Right. But, yeah. It happened. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We covered Miz. Um yeah, the Iconics, we got that. That was fun. Um, Kofi. And, oh, uh. another controversy, though, that we'll bring up as you keep going through the yeah. card. Uh, Roman Reigns, apparently they had to turn down the crowd volume because he was still getting booed at WrestleMania. Uh, yikes, man. Even man. after leukemia. Now, again, if you're booing Joe, whatever his name is, the person – Go fuck yourself. If you're booing Roman Reigns because you're like, really, this fucking shtick again? You know what? Yeah. I'm kind of with you, right? Like, there was nothing different between this Roman Reigns 
and the Roman Reigns of the last three years. It was, this is my house or my yard, and I'm going to prove it. Fuck Fine. off. Fine. Well, yeah, that shtick of saying that stuff sucks. But you could give me the same character. If there was a storyline involved, I'm fine, right? Like, this wasn't right. this wasn't the main event. This wasn't the title. This wasn't the mm. right. Cool. This was just a really weak ass attempt at a storyline, which will not pass in the year 2019, the year of the storyline. Um, mm-hmm. So we demanded a little better. That's what I'm booing. Like, hey man. Yeah, boo. exactly. It, yeah, and so for people to be like, "Why could you boo?" or "How could you boo Roman?" It's like we're not booing Roman. Why? We're booing this weak-ass story, like you said. Why wasn't Drew McIntyre ragging on him about leukemia, right? Like, why aren't we hating Drew McIntyre for saying those mean things about poor Joe? Yeah. Again, I think you could have told that story of second chance and made it to be something really special. Well, he, but... could, he could keep calling him Luke, right? All right. Anyway, Samoa Joe squash <laughs> match to Rey Mysterio. Which was welcomed at that point. I was like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. They're realizing they're yeah. running out of time. Uh, well, and I also think that Rey Mysterio hurt his ankle against Baron Corbin at Monday Night Raw the previous week. And so maybe he couldn't have done all the fun, flippy yeah, shit so that maybe he wanted it's, to do. It's just, yeah, take the shine, man. Make it make him look badass, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? Because Rey Mysterio doesn't give a fuck. Well, and Rey Mysterio has one of those quick victories over JBL. Remember when JBL retired in the ring after Rey Mysterio beat him in seven seconds or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. hey, now it's your turn, buddy. <laughs> True that. Um, I think that's... Oh, Triple H Batista. Get... Mm. Oh, yeah, the nose ring spot. That was what I remember about that, is the pulling out of the nose ring. I thought that was a fun, cool spot. But, yeah, two... 60 year olds or however the fuck they're old, well, old, then, old and then, they are uh flares out there helping them needing to be wheelchair yeah out there to help them. the combined age was 275 like i didn't need to see that that was and another thing uh i can't remember who brought this up i think maybe ariel hawani on his mma podcast because he's a pro wrestling fan one thing that he said that made me kind of raise an eyebrow and go like maybe he's right is you know Triple H is doing so many of these amazing things as an executive, right? The NXT is, you know, growing leaps and bounds, potentially going to get a TV deal. Rumor has it, you know, every NXT takeover is the greatest thing in the world. Uh, he, that's his, you know, brainchild, uh, all of the great, another amazing conference calls that he's doing where he's not putting his foot in his mouth, all of this amazing stuff. And Ariel Lawani says like, but then he kind of cheapens his executive role by having, a match every year at WrestleMania. And at this point in 2019, I don't think anyone is saying that triple H is really moving the needle. So maybe he needs to stop and focus on just being an executive. Cause he's like Ariel Hwani said, he's cheapening his role as that executive by saying like, but hold on, let me put the spandex on and I'm going to get back in there and lumber around against, you know, 50 year old yeah, Batista. What if, what if John Laurinaitis was getting in there? You know, riding yeah. a Harley down to the, you know. Now, that being said, WrestleMania 17, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, but that had a storyline that was moving the needle. I don't think anyone that was going to WrestleMania was like, you know the match I got to see? Batista and Triple H. It was just like, oh, Batista and Triple H. And they got like 30 minutes. I think they had the longest match of the night. So, they needed yeah, it. going forward, yeah, 2020, Triple H, how about you just, you know, welcome everyone to WrestleMania like Vince did at WrestleMania three. I don't need you to really wrestle anymore. Well, and you don't ever have to do a, this is my retirement match, either triple H you can just be there. If something goes down and you need a fill in, 
because something's going down late at Mania, maybe you can go and do a serviceable match. I'm fine with that, right? But Or you could just do a fun spot, right? Where right. Remember, uh, well, you can do again, the Thugonomic Russell. spot. You can do something. Yeah, that's Triple what I'm H, saying. Yeah, you, character at the time, the yeah, old you Triple do, H, the Hunter Hearst Helmsley. You could come out and do that. Yeah, or you could do the DX Triple H, or you could do the Evolution Triple H. Yeah, there's very, there's a lot of variations you could do where it's just fun spots during a skit with Elias or fill in the blank. You know, I think that's his role more than matches because there's a lot of time taken up for something that just kind of happened. At Mr. Fourth Row, it says, poor Michael Cole sounds like his voice isn't going to make it through the remainder of WrestleMania. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, because he had to be like talking for 10 straight hours. Well, and another thing, if you're a fan of Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee shared a story, and I sent it to you uh, via text message, but Pat McAfee shared a story where uh, Michael Cole just ate up pat mcafee in front of vince and shane and stephanie and triple h and all the other celebrities backstage because of his attire to the point where pat mcafee was like i fucking quit like tell michael cole he can go fuck himself and it had to be vince mcmahon was like no no no, i'm cool with it it's fine uh, pat mcafee looks you know hip because lebron james wore that same outfit and it was Le- vince mcmahon saying like you guys are like he's fine and michael cole saying like hey the reason i yelled at you is because i thought you ruined your spot and i kind of you know, went back for you saying this guy is worth time here in WWE. And I thought you screwed it up. And so that's why I yelled at you. It's a great story. Go on Pat McAfee's YouTube channel. Check it out. What was it's he about wearing? 12 minute video. He's wearing those, uh, like he was wearing a suit, but he was wearing the shorts, like the, the, uh, suit shorts that like, I, LeBron yeah, wore during the finals. Look. Well, he wears the jorts for like NXT takeover. So he like, he yeah. got a little bit more high class with right. uh, WrestleMania. But, but it's just weird. Like, that suit one, I would get it if there were, like, short sleeve suit jacket also, maybe, I guess. Like, if you had a vest and a short sleeve, maybe some shoot jacket. But I just don't, I don't know, man. I don't get I don't get a long sleeve shorts combination of any kind. Because it makes me think that your upper body's cold and your lower body's hot. It makes no fucking sense. It, gets, it weirds me out. But that's me. I don't know. I wear. Yeah, it is weird how like long bottom, short top, we're totally fine with, but short bottoms, yeah. long top, man, you're a weirdo. Don't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's a contradiction, but I'm I'm a hundred percent with that. Yeah, like, with until I fucking die, man. Fuck you guys. At the O seventy five says recycle that vegan belt. Kofi is WWE champ. Hashtag tweet the table. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got a couple more tweet tables because I think we should transition and Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, the final one here for WrestleMania the already that we've done is at Katie First Lady says, Lacey Evans WWE Hall of Fame wardrobe. That is all. Hashtag tweet the table. Well, yeah, Lacey Evans is coming out in some uh, very, uh, reve- like, I don't want to say revealing, but very form-fitting clothing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Form-fitting Definitely form-fitting on Raw. gif I saw was in the fight that we'll talk about coming up on SmackDown, I think it was, right, uh, where she went up against Becky Lynch. Uh, when Becky Lynch is beating her, like she's in these heels and she's like sliding on the ramp and she mm-hmm. can't get any footing. And <laughs> she's just like, she's looks like a hockey like player. She's skating. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was all the tweet tables for this. Yeah. We've got a few more for coming up through Raw and SmackDown, but we need to uh, roll into those. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, share our thoughts about Raw and SmackDown. Um, I'll go first since I just kicked it off. Uh, I thought that this year's Raw and SmackDown was treated a little bit differently. And I think that this is what's going to be treated as for the next years to come, especially with 
the uh, brand split. And I think it was treated this year as like a party, right? So yeah. you yeah. go into NXT TakeOver, you go into the Hall of Fame, you go into WrestleMania, and then Raw and SmackDown, because we have the draft next week, was almost not like a throwaway, but like a, hey, all your favorites are here. Don't you want to say hi? And we got some fun little fights. So we got Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe. We got the bar attacking Kofi and Seth. And so they thought like, you know, almost like a tribute to the troops where it's like you get these fun, weird matchups with no stories. I felt like that's how they treated both Raw and SmackDown, where it was like, eh, let's just see what happens here. But you're going to get your favorites. Here's Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and Kofi. And so nothing of substance like a season premiere typically has. But I think that was on purpose because I think their season premiere is going to start next week with the draft. Right. I think so too. It, I I don't even know they're necessarily going to call it a draft, right? They're just the superstar shake. Oh, superstar shakeup. But yeah, you know, right. essentially the same thing. But right. Uh, yeah. So I think that's why we didn't necessarily get the debut of the undisputed era on the main roster or anything like that. We just got kind of a while. I didn't expect Braun Strowman to show up on SmackDown. While I didn't expect the Bar to show up on Raw. Things like that. Right. Yep. Okay. So, um, the thing that I thought was badass about Raw kicking off was just how they kicked it off with Kofi coming out and just straight up being like, "Let's double or nothing." You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was just, mm-hmm. oh man, I was just like, I literally, I, I caught it when he was like, and the women had this big moment. They have this, like, you know what I mean? The two titles unification. That was a great big moment for them. And I just went, no, like, I was like, no, like, no way. Mm-hmm. And then when they didn't like, when nobody came out to stop it and they kept talking yeah. about it, I was like, holy shit, is this going to happen? And then you kind of brought up, you're like, nah, something's going to happen in the match. And I was like, ah, damn it. Like, damn <laughs> well, it, right. <laughs> yeah. And so there was some reaction, especially from Big E as it happened when it changed from title versus title to a tag match. And Big E tweeted out, y'all just want to be happy the entire time. And I kind of want to be like, well, yeah, this is my escape from my fucking nine to five. So, yeah, I kind of do want to be happy all the time. So, fuck off. And this was a but, big deal, like a big moment. And it was a big right. like, balls moment for Kofi. And now it's just like, never mind. We all get robbed Attack of that because match. of the right. bar. Because of the fucking bar, we all get robbed of that because of the fucking bar. <laughs> like, that well, this, make- is, this was my problem with it is it was a, a over-promise, under-deliver. Yes. Right? So if you're going to promise title versus title, you have to deliver on something crazier than the bar. For example, if you wanted to go down that route where it's title for title, but then uh, it gets interrupted and it turns into a tag match, that's then when you put in the Undisputed Era makes their debut on the roster, right? Because that's going to be memorable. But the bar is kind of a forgettable tag team, especially right now in their current flux of winning and losing kind of whenever we see fit. So if you wanted the tag match to end, you could have done it a different way to still have Kofi and Seth Rollins at the end of the night, put their titles in the air. You could have had the bar come out just to say, Seth, you think you're the new champ. Uh, You can't, you know, race to our standard. We're the bar. And tonight you find a partner. It's us versus you. Right. And then at the end of the night, Seth comes out and he's like, it's good to have friends even on your show. And that's when Kofi could come out. And then you have champion and champion versus the bar. Then we're clapping instead of you make the tag match because you over promised a 
winner take all and now we've turned on you and say this is bullshit i mean the crowd just booed the rest of the time well yeah and i thought they were straight up about to do it i thought they were like holy shit they're gonna give this to kofi and have him be like the fucking you know what i mean like yeah like straight up one right. champ but right? then but then like i said you got the bar and even how you said it it's the fucking bar the fucking if you're bar. gonna do that wouldn't it have been cool if it was the Undisputed Era, though? Right. Yeah. Why didn't they come out and fuck shit up, right? Something yeah. cool. Bray Wyatt something returns fresh. to fuck up with something. You know what I mean? Like something. Yeah, something Give me something. Fresh. At B underscore double underscore D says, who's the writer backstage with the massive heart on for the bar? Hashtag tweet the table. Well, they are awesome. I will say that. And on paper, you know, They're the huge. IWC, well, yeah, and the IWC loves to say, like, wouldn't this matchup be cool? And on paper, if I tell you Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins versus Seth Rollins and Cesaro, you're going to say, like, that's going to be a good match, right? So Sheamus at least, and Cesaro. Or Sheamus yeah, and Cesaro. Right, right. Uh, so at least, you know, it's a serviceable match. It's just the storyline telling was, as I mentioned, over-promised, under-delivered. It was just poorly written for the outcome that they wanted because the outcome it seemed like they wanted was both the wwe and the universal champion are holding the titles high at the end of the show which again you could have accomplished in a different way yeah it's just weird that yeah that's the route they went because you knew in the end that you weren't going to have the titles unified so why did you even ever promise yeah. that to people on that hype i know you're up against ncaa uh, uh, finals, which was a great game um but was it yeah i mean it went to overtime uh, no, I didn't watch this. I didn't watch it. There was some, there was some fun screw ups at the end and everything. Texas Tech lost in overtime. Virginia won. Um, oh, but you got to see that after. I mean, it, it was on yeah. after still. Um, mm. So you saw the end. And that's how I watched it. That's all I cared about. Um, so, yeah I, yeah, I don't know, man. It just felt weird. Yeah, you didn't go with something new or something different to make me talk. You, 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 yeah, you, you promised something that you could have. Yeah, you could have had them. You could have told a tag team storyline from the beginning, and mm-hmm. I still would have been cool with it. You know what I mean? Like, it still would have been right. like, of you course. Well, you would have been cool if, the, if a mystery partner, for example, was Kofi Kingston. Because you would have been like, oh, shit, that's crazy. That's cool. Right. And been fine with it. Right. The other big moment for Monday Night Raw, and I think this hit more home with the audience that was there. Because every single time it happens, I'll say it, it's the fucking coolest thing in the world. But as a TV viewer, I can't fucking stand it anymore. But the Undertaker came back. Yeah, he interrupted Elias. Well, I like how Elias hit that too, right? That's another one yeah, where he was like, even thing. though, even though I didn't want to see the Undertaker, really wasn't expecting to. When he did his thing, he's like, the next person that interrupts me is a dead man. I was like, oh, that's good. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, right. And then the music hits, and he played that well, and I was like, yep, okay, cool. And I'm glad it wasn't a match, right? Like, he just came out. Yeah. He, but even my son went, but poor Elias, why does everybody not like Elias? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Now I'm starting to feel sympathetic for him. Well, Emily <laughs> made a great point, because I've been forcing her to watch all of this wrestling with me, yeah. is she goes, you know what I'm getting tired of is – Undertaker says he's retired, but he's on my TV. Uh, the Hardy Boys, specifically Matt Hardy, says he's retired, but he's on my TV. John Cena says he's uh, moved away and gone, but then he's on my TV. So these like people that keep telling you like, bye-bye, I'm out of here, see ya, are still fucking around on our television screens. And that's the part yeah. where I agree with her. It's like, meanwhile, yeah, we need to fucking yeah. stop doing that. Meanwhile, they begged... Big Show, to please retire. He never has, but he's not on our fucking TV. <laughs> he has right. the decency. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he's courteous. Um, Lars, which by the way, he will be Lars in two months, right? He'll just be Lars. Oh, 30 days. Right. Yeah, yeah, maybe even sooner. So he's um, back. Sure. Not panicking. Not panicking. Which is a, which so is a real thing, not to make light of that. Like, people have panic. Right. I don't mean to make light of it. Plus, he'd kick the shit out of me if he was here. So, Well, so here's a real thing, and I'll poke fun at him because hey, fuck him. I don't care. He'd kick the shit out of me if he was there, even. All right. <laughs> right. But, yeah, he still walks like his torso and his legs are in conflict with each other. Like, he's the most awkward looking fucking person walking ever. Him and he's Otis as, should be a tag team. Yeah, him walking is as awkward as John Cena running. Like, it's just something I don't want to see anymore. And so just get him in the ring and have him wrestle, but don't have him walk. I fucking, he's so weird looking walking. Alexa Bliss is back, which is weird. She wasn't able to go by Mania, or maybe she just wasn't able to be cleared by the time they were able to make a storyline yeah. or something, which is weird because they didn't actually make a whole lot of those, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. what do you think? Well, she beat yeah. Bailey in less than two minutes, it yeah, felt like. And so... There were some weird spots where I felt like Bailey was flirting with the heel turn where she was trying to pin Alexa Bliss with holding the rope and the ref was like, what the fuck are you doing? And there's some other little shenanigans that it felt like Bailey was trying to get away with and then in the end lost. So maybe we get a Bailey heel turn in the future. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks posted some cryptic messages and then pulled some uh, public appearances. So maybe there's something going on with her. Good. I don't fucking care. Get out of here. Um, uh, so we'll see what happens with the connection, but. Hopefully they fucking break up. Uh, Rude and Gable uh, lost to Blackishay and then maybe turn heel there, huh? Like Rude comes yeah, in. Yeah, they and, went yeah. full heel, yeah. but I think eventually, hopefully, we get Rude and Gable turn on each other. And we mm-hmm. again, this is me tweet the table, say how stupid I am. But again, the Intercontinental fucking champ needs to be Chad Gable. Yeah, my other out loud mark out moment of the night was Bobby Lashley and his wife comment to Dean to fucking Dean Ambrose. I literally yeah. went, whoa, like, and they immediately cut to her, and you could tell she was not prepared for that comment to be made, even in real, right? She was like, yeah. like you know, what I mean, and everybody was just kind of sitting there, like the 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 commentators were not ready for camera shot. Right, like they were, they they were catching their real reaction, and I love that she was even like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> I just love that. That was fucking great. Uh, that was really cool. That made me. I was like, "All right, kick his ass, Dean." Right, like he was yeah. all in on it. Yeah, Dean Ambrose's quotes last match. What do you think? I'm not buying it. He's back. He's taking a sabbatical until SummerSlam or Survivor Series. I could easily see him be a mystery partner that shows up on a survivor series team for Roman Ashley keeps fucking with, with uh, Renee uh, throughout right. the rest of the couple months. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and then, you know what I mean? Or it, Leo on, on Rush that, is the one on yeah. that, right. Becomes survivor series, whoever he's against, like he's team leader of team Lashley against whomever. And then, you know, that person needs a fourth and Dean Ambrose, right. Because you keep yep, fucking with Renee. Right. Right. Right now, another cool moment and one of my favorite moments of the entire weekend is and again, I'm a mark for this guy. So say what you want. But uh, fat, skinny Sammy Zayn returned looking pale as shit and uninterested, but goes along with the storyline yes. that he gave us after his loss to Finn Balor in a really fun match. But how he hates the fans for being these overlords who are ruining wrestling, yes. which you know what? He's not, not necessarily right, right, wrong. Right. I was telling you, 
you know, I am very happy right now. I am probably the happiest I've been in the five years that we've done podcasting. You're welcome. But there was a, yeah, uh, thank you so much. But there was a time period when I was not happy, and Uh you can pinpoint that in these podcast episodes. Yeah, because it was you. Uh Uh, Where I was just being super critical because I didn't have anything else to be fun about. I'm going to ballpark, but 125 to maybe two something, early twos maybe. think no it wasn't 125 i was still i was still rocking and rolling in the 20s i'd say probably like 140s to the two something yeah yeah it'd be interesting to go back and scope that out yeah but what i'm saying is to his point when he goes you guys are just being like a whole fucking year yeah hold on sorry yeah Yeah. uh but But yeah that's right yeah yeah so what he was saying though was you know you guys are just being hypercritical of this thing because you really have nothing else to live for and you just want your own thing to be critical of and which speaks to the what cultures cultaholics the nine million other podcasts that follow our lead well we are the trendsetter we are the trailblazers Exactly. Best podcast recorded uh, on a Wednesday. Of course. Uh, so I loved it. I liked it. I even told you that through text messages. I was like, this guy's spot on. Well, I loved it. Yeah, when it turned. At first, I was like, this is stupid. Like, this is boring me to death here. And he's skinny fat. Like, I like Sami Zayn, but they got to give me more than this. And then they gave me a lot more than that. I yeah, it. I thought it was great. And I thought it, the going to SmackDown. Now, hopefully he doesn't do this too much because then it'll become stale. But when he his music hits and it felt like he was going to give us the business again on a Tuesday night, it was like, not worth it. And just went back to the back. I thought that was pretty cool. But again, don't do it too much because it'll become stale. Yeah. Um. So then SmackDown. Let's move over to that. Well, no. One last thing about Raw. At B underscore double underscore D. And this also on SmackDown. Uh, was that box promo for Justin Timberlake? Hashtag dick in a box. Hashtag tweet the table. Um, yeah, it did look like a dick in a box, huh? Is that what your dick looks like? Right? Yours looks like that, right? Wait a minute. Like are you puppet? wanting to know, or are you trying to confirm that you saw? Well, you just, said I'm, right, as if you, you were it's like It's all over Facebook. <laughs> it's all over it's Facebook. All over, it's all over Tinder. That was Bray Wyatt. That's Bray Wyatt, right? Mm-hmm. It has to mm-hmm. be, yeah. It was his laugh. It was his mm-hmm. laugh at the uh, end of that promo. And the puppet's yeah, wearing it. his shirt. Yep. Yeah, it's 100%. That, that's supposed to be a buzzard. That's what it is. Follow that's the buzzards. Buzzard. That's a fucking buzzard coming out of the box. It's like a dead vulture. Well, that's a buzzard. Is it? Yeah, look at a vulture. Looks like a fucking buzzard. I didn't know you were such a, a bird enthusiast here. Oh, I love birds. Yeah. Cardinals. Uh-huh. Name it uh, Blue Jays. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, yep, and we're going for three. Uh-huh. Big, Orioles. Big. <laughs> I'm just naming big baseball bird. teams that are named after. <laughs> Raven. Right, Eagles. Ravens, Eagles. <laughs> just going after sports uh-huh, teams right, that are named yeah. after birds. Right. Falcon. Right, Falcons. Right. Lovebirds. Right. right, right. Yeah, you just got to keep right. This guy knows a lot of birds. Um <laughs> Blackishay back on the winning ways, this time with Ali in, in tow against Rusev, Nakamura, and Andrade. Another Boy, Nakamura is the only one. Who, oh, no, Alistair Black and Nakamura each got to keep two names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was Rusev? He was Alexander Rusev? Yep, Alexander Rusev. Then it was Mustafa Ali. It was 
Andrade Cien Almas. He lost two names. Ah, he yeah. really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't because if you saw a Hall of Fame weekend uh, or the Hall of Fame uh, walk-ups, he's, he's yeah. hitting a home run with uh, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, they, they announced that even. They were like, this is our like coming out party, so they're both gay. Mm-hmm. Hey, That's more power to them. Right? Isn't that what they meant? I think so. <laughs> Um, I'll see what else. Iconics. They had, you know, the Brooklyn Bells. Those two. Yeah. Girls yeah really fun. Look like they. And just... then on SmackDown. Yeah. And then on yeah. SmackDown, the, the surprise of Braun Strowman answering the challenge to Samoa Joe. So maybe Braun Strowman gets moved to SmackDown and that's where we get that rivalry mm-hmm. in a couple weeks. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think Hardy's... that's a good spot. Oh, what? The. Well, I was going to say, I think that's a good spot for Braun Strowman to be on SmackDown because SmackDown, if you yeah. put, if you put Lars Sullivan on Raw then I feel like you have to put the other big guy on the other show, and that's Braun Strowman. Yeah, I like that. And Braun, yeah, and SmackDown really doesn't have the monster running around backstage kind of thing that Raw's had for so long. So I think it's a good refresh for a Braun Strowman-type character. Yeah, imagine like AJ Styles and Braun Strowman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Braun Strowman and Randy Orton. Samoa Joe. Yeah, so which looks like that's what we're going to get. So, yeah, I think that's a good spot for Braun Strowman because, like we stated, our WrestleMania previews two years in a row, you know, he's the hottest thing in the summer and the fall, but as soon as WrestleMania season comes along, then he's doing, yeah, he's doing the Andre the Giant weird gimmick match like King Kong Bundy or someone, you know. So, anyhow, uh, you had mentioned about the brothers. Yeah, the Usos yeah, yeah. lost the the SmackDown Tag Team Championships to the Hardy Boys. And you convinced me of what's really going on here. The Usos are going to go to Raw. So I guess it's okay. I just felt like they made this promo about like being the best brothers. You know what I mean? Even tag teams, whatever. That's what's on the line. And then it's the Hardy Boys. Like we're going to say the Hardy Boys are still capable of beating the best tag team in the world right now. Yeah, I'm not buying that. But again, I think that's a great way to move the Usos to Raw without moving the titles to raw so it made sense for what it was it was a good match it was fine it was fun um again usos best tag team in the damn world bar none suck it from the back if you think otherwise yeah um and then the kofi you know the new day taking on the bar and drew which by the way when those three guys were together i was like that is a massive team like that six man (laughs) tag team there with with you got the seamus cesaro and drew mcintyre they were all standing side by side i was like that is a lot of meat that is just mm-hmm. that's a lot of plates getting lifted in the gym, man. And you know they tried once with, <laughs> yeah, and they they tried once with the whole European heel faction. Yeah, that was kind of hokey. I felt like because again, for well, me, Wade just Barrett they was had, never anything good. They had um, who else? They had a uh, what's they had that League of Nations that they were trying, and they had that's Rusev, what I'm saying. With, and they with had uh, Del Rio. Right, yeah, and, that was not cool. And Sheamus, yeah, no. but, but this if you not, do. Yeah. Yeah, if you do like a we're badass motherfuckers, that could be a scary team. Just I like can it. they not all be the bar? It's not going to be like the third member of the bar, right? I don't want Drew McIntyre to be that. If he was like leading with the bar as his like muscle, even though he's a you know what I mean, I could get behind mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like Drew I McIntyre, could a million percent. being the leader yeah. of these two dudes with like being his his henchman. It's on SmackDown. I'm down I for that. Yeah. I would Me like too. to see that. Um, what else, man? Anything else that really sticks out? Let's wrap it all up, man. WrestleMania, you think it'll just be remembered of a feel good, happy, you know what I mean? Like, hey, first women's, first black guy. I, yeah, yeah <laughs> I think again. Sounds I think so the monumental. Basic when I boil it down. That's so, well, yeah. not what I meant, but you know what I mean. But I think 
Yeah, I think this WrestleMania will be more highly thought of uh, as we get farther away from it. I think it'll be more iconic as we look back and say the first African-American champion, the first time women main evented WrestleMania. At the time, though, I thought everything was fine and good, but nothing made me say Monday morning to coworkers who are kind of casual, you know, entertainment fans, you have to see fill in the blank. It was just all like, yeah, it was good. It's cool. Yeah, cool. It was good. It was awesome. fun. Yeah. 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 yeah nobody at my work, to... and there's some wrestling fans that watched even. I heard them kind of talk about it, but none of them were like, oh, man, whoa, did you watch? Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Right? It was almost just like, yeah, WrestleMania, man. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it was long. <laughs> One other note I wanted to, to bring up before we get out of here, just as just a parting shot is, you know, John Oliver two weeks ago did that. Hey fans, it's on you yeah, to do the chance and stuff and yeah. not a one, not it a sucks. one chance. They need to. Well, it's hard to come up with a free healthcare or something. <laughs> like I don't know what they could have chanted, but, well, uh, but you did the hashtag give D was a chance thing and that worked. Yeah. So, but John Oliver for as many views as that video got. And as true as it was, fell flat on WrestleMania weekend, which, you know, probably wasn't their ideal situation, but it was just one thing I thought of as we're kind of wrapping up what here. John Oliver didn't know is we know we're like, ah, oh, man, but you got to fight McMahon. Like, we're not ready to fight him. Yeah. Right? I don't like, want to do that. Yeah. You know how psycho he is? I feel like, yeah, when you he dies, maybe you go, hey, Trips, healthcare, and he's like, yeah, you're probably right. Right. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, hopefully him and Steph are like, yeah, yeah we get it. We just, this guy's got to die first. Yeah. They have enough personal cases, the Scott Halls and Xbox of the world, where like, all right, we probably should do this. Yeah, they should. Anyway, we'll leave it at that, I guess. Um, yeah, man, and then we'll come back next week, and we'll the new, you know, the new year, the new season is kicking off for wrestling fans, and we'll just follow. We got along. the draft or the yep. superstar shakeup to talk superstar about. So we'll see about mm-hmm. where people uh, end up. I think you're going to end up on SmackDown, and I'm going to I'm going to go to Raw. Good. So I don't know how we're going to do the show, but we'll, you know. Figure it out. I mean, we record well, on a Wednesday. We record so. on Wednesday, so right. yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Even when you, even when the SmackDown moves to, yep, we're good. All right, mm-hmm. so we'll be back next week for another episode of the Spanish Announce Table. Fun fact, Cody Rhodes remains the only wrestler to win a championship reign by beating himself in a match. The Spanish Announce Table. Bow, 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 bow.